Friends, there's a, uh, a really great story about uh, one of our tapestry figures, uh, St. John XXIII, uh, Pope John XXIII, uh, told by his personal secretary um, that every night uh, after the day had done, John XXIII would sort of retire around midnight. And he would always go around midnight to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And he would kneel down before the Eucharist. And he would sort of talk to the Lord about the day, all the burdens of the day, uh, all the joys that he had heard from, from news from around the world, but all the difficulties, all of the, the responsibilities that were upon him for calling the Second Vatican Council and all the things uh, that he was doing. He would sort of, he would retrace the day and, and see in what ways he had been faithful to the Lord and in other ways where maybe he had not been. But then it's told that at the end of that prayer, he would say famously, Lord, this is your church. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Lord, this is your church. I'm going to bed. And he would give himself permission to let go and to surrender all of that in order that he could rest. That's the story that immediately jumped to my mind with the, the gospel today, the two parables. And here's how I want to summarize the theme. That things flourish more and grow better under God's care as the master gardener rather than ours. Things flourish more and grow better under God's care as the master gardener, not ours. The first parable is... They seem somewhat disconnected a little bit. One is about the mechanism of growth, how, how a seed grows. And the first parable is about how it, it sort of grows mysteriously and quietly and subtly without an oppressive amount of intervention. Right? And we know, you know this if you plant a garden, right? It, it does seem to me that the bad stuff grows quicker than the good stuff. Like my Bermuda grass and weeds seem to grow faster than the good stuff. But it is amazing how something that starts as such a little seed, right, quietly, overnight seemingly, grows. But then the second parable is about the size of the growth, that something so small, mustard seed, grows into something large. And I was thinking, what is the common denominator between these two parables? And I was thinking, the common denominator is that is how things grow under God's care. They grow quietly. They grow mysteriously. They grow subtly. They grow without an oppressive amount of our intervention. And they grow into something larger than we had ever or could have ever imagined accomplishing if it was primarily under our care. That's, I think, the message of the parables, that under God's care, seeds grow better and flourish more than under our care. I was thinking of uh, Psalm 127, which really challenged me in this life. Psalm 127, the psalmist says, If the Lord does not build the house, in vain do its builders labor. If the Lord does not watch over the city, in vain do its watchmen keep vigil. In vain is your earlier rising and your going later to bed, while God bestows spoils on those who are sleeping. I used to read that psalm and I get so mad. Be like, God, don't you dare bestow blessings on those who are sleeping when I'm working so hard. But it, it models the parable. Right? You go to bed and these seeds grow. 
and expand. Right? It reminded me too of a passage in Corinthians where Paul says about planting the seed of the Corinthian church. He says, I planted Apollos water, but God caused the growth. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God caused the growth. How much we want to take credit primarily for the growth. We want to take credit for the growth. Paul's saying, no, no, no. The master gardener is God. God's the one who brings about this flourishing of the seeds, the little contributions uh, that we make. This, of course, is not a recipe for not doing anything. Right? This is not a recipe for a form of quietism that's like, you know what, I'm just going to sit in the back seat and let God take the wheel, right, and just do it all himself. Right? No, 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 it's not a recipe for that. We make our contributions. But we've got to give space for God to take over. So I think the parable is a challenge to surrender, to relinquishment. The idea that if I continue throughout my life to want to grasp and claim to control in every situation, to have an oppressive amount of intervention, the parable tells us you're stifling and choking the seed. It's going to do a lot better if you take, you let go, if you surrender. If you relinquish your need to constantly grasp at control. For example, I wanted to continue uh, to watch the French Open this morning. When I came down the aisle, Sitsipas was up a set and 5-2. Now, I'm not going to complain if someone tells me Sitsipas won the second set. Anyone know that? <laughs> okay. But I had to relinquish control. I was like, no, I wish I could move this mass time with this, you know, right, right about now. But I actually think we all know the line between our contribution and then stepping back and surrendering, and the line where we keep intervening beyond that line. I think we know that line. Somebody in this parish actually gave me, I thought, a really interesting image. I don't think, I didn't see him here today. But we were talking about this one time, and we were talking about planning, and, and, and God giving us a mind, right, so that we can plan and, and make our contribution to, to situations in our life. But he used this image. He said, but our plans, if, we're, if we want God to be the master gardener, our plans can never be written in permanent markers. They always have to be written in pencil. I love that image. And if God's, if, 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 we're, if we're committed to everything being under God's care, right, then everything has to be written in pencil, not permanent part. Because with God, we have to allow the space for God to take over, for God to take the seeds in a direction that we didn't anticipate. For God to flourish this in a way that we had never foreseen or imagined. I had to get comfortable, I've shared this a lot with the students, I had to get comfortable in my own life with the phrase, this is good enough, God. 
this is good enough. This is what I can offer, and now I'm letting go and relinquishing control and stepping back and surrendering and saying, you take it from here. You take it from here. Our readings uh, give us, I think, a good uh, sense of this. The first reading tells us if we don't relinquish control, if we insist right, on being the big tree, he's going to humble us. The first reading says, I'm a professional. God says, basically, I'm a professional at lowering trees that think they're big. And I'm a professional at lifting up small trees into big ones. So if we won't humble ourselves by letting go of control, God has an incredible way of humbling us, of lowering us. And the second reading tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. And we all know that to relinquish control means to trust, right? It means to have faith in an unknown. Because the reason we like control is because we think we can guarantee the outcome. When I do it, and when I control where it goes, we can we seem to be able to guarantee or think we can guarantee the outcome. And Paul says we walk by faith and not by sight. We have to trust. We have to trust that God's got something even better in the plan if I surrender and let go and relinquish. And then Paul tells us that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And here's what I don't think God wants, Jesus wants to hear when we get there. I don't think he wants to hear, I did this. I did that. I did all of these things. Here's what I think he wants to hear. Jesus, I allowed you to do all of these things through me. I allowed you to cause the growth in me and to do these good things. It's about Christ working in us, not all the things that I caused the growth of, but how much I gave Jesus permission to grow the seeds that were within me. When we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I hope I don't say I. I hope I say, together, by your grace, we did this. You did this working in me because I was willing to surrender some of the control and relinquish some of the control in order to allow you to have a bigger space in my heart. And so, friends, I think this is a challenge for all of us. Maybe some of us struggle with control more than others. But it's the great spiritual principle that God can do more with what we give him, the resources that we give him, than we could have done on our own. We have to be convinced of that to live this way. We have to be convinced that God actually can grow a bigger plant and can bring about a ton of growth without our oppressive intervention. We have to be convinced of that truth if we're willing to let go and to step back to relinquish some of the control that we so desire to cling to and to grasp onto. So friends, whatever situation maybe that applies to in our life, whether it's our whole life in general, whether it's relationships, whether it's our career, whether it's our spiritual life, uh, let's strive uh, to put it under God's care as the master gardener. Let's Let's stop insisting that we're the master gardener. Let's let God be the master gardener of our heart to give him the space to work so that maybe we can go to bed every night like St. John the 23rd, right, and say to him every day, 
Lord, this is your life. You created me. This is your life working inside of me. I'm going with that. 